0: We just recorded with Isaac Coles, who's a boxing coach, trainer, and the founder of the Lionheart System, uh, which is for anybody who's interested in fitness, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I knew Isaac. I met Isaac back when we were doing the Bee Change Running Club at Oak Ridge Elementary School, and his son was in our running running group, Um, and I met Isaac there. He helped me a few times, and just an awesome, awesome guy. And he, I think he did a video for us back a few years ago for the character combine too. Um, that was really, that was really great. So he had a lot of really good things to say. Very thoughtful. He's a very thoughtful dude. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. He, I mean, I just, I have no words because I had mentioned in there, I'm like, you need to write a book and then you guys will hear in the interview, just, you know, what, what he says to that. But he just has such a way of talking I'm no. like I, I caught myself just listening like I'm in the audience and he's like, you know, being a motivational speaker and it's just it was really good and he taught me a whole new way to look at the word obsessed. And you'll know what I'm talking about once you guys listen to the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. His his uh he had a unique take on that for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: um I think it's uh it's really good though, and I think it'd be beneficial to any coach and any athlete, really I mean any person really. But right. obviously, our audience is coaches and athletes, so um, good. Yeah, he's he's an awesome guy and doing a lot of great things in his community and with his athletes. So, um, yeah. yeah, enjoy this episode with Isaac coles
1: Get ready to not turn it off until it's over because it's a good one.
0: Yep. Which hopefully you do that anyways, but uh, especially <laughs> this
1: one. <laughs> <See> yeah. <laughs> All right, we're
0: out. Bye. Bye. Now it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Character Combine, Character Combine. Yeah, you're ready. Yeah, you're ready. When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard, coaches, coaches, I
2: want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later decades. and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life, in their life, in their life. Get this thing, get this
1: thing started.
0: Welcome to the Character Combine podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto.
1: And I am Deb McCollum.
0: And today's guest is boxing coach, trainer, and founder of the Lionheart System, Isaac Coles. What's going on, man?
2: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we're big fans of Isaac, man. You did a video for us a little while ago. What was it? I think 2015. I think it was a What's Your yes. Why video, and we did it over at, where was it? Oh, American, American Legion. American Legion High School. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: I don't think I told you this, but our team like, internally loved that video. But they were big fans of you and they never oh, met nice. you, but they were huge fans of that video when you did that. So, um, get nice. yeah, you coming on.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so we like to start our, our guests off with some warm up questions. This is the, the hard hitting stuff before we get to the real interview. So, go ahead, Deb.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, before I start the warm up questions, just I want to ask you, like, how are you doing with this whole pandemic situation going on? How's your family? Um,
2: the, the adjustments, um, are many, um, like everyone else, but I'm okay. I have toilet paper.
1: Um, <laughs> there
2: you go. I have it every day. I have toilet paper every day. So, um, yeah, no, um, in all seriousness, I'm okay. Um, it caused a lot of changes in the way that I'm able to deliver business. Um, like other people, I'm not able to utilize the brick and mortar that I work out of. So. Um, You know, just having to keep it online and keeping that connection and keeping people um, involved is um, it's been interesting. You know, it's been a challenge uh, just keeping that motivation also. So I've been tapping in with um, a lot of the people that I know, colleagues of mine that um, have that growth mindset to keep me in the right place to you know, be able to help keep other people in the right place, uh, during this time. So being a leader right now is I think kind of working double time, just, you know, getting my mind right first before I can help someone else get their mind. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, I just want to, I just want to chime in too, man. So you and I met when we were, um, I was doing a running club over at Oak Ridge elementary school in Oak Park and, uh, you know, your son was in there. I think he was like, maybe a fourth grader. He was pretty young when he was there. And, um, yeah, I mean, he was an awesome kid, always hustling, always, you know, one of the leaders of the pack. And then I met you and then it all made sense why he was such, you know, such a, a solid kid. And, um, thank you for that. You no, know, yeah, for sure, man. We were talking beforehand. It's like, it was very obvious when I was at those running clubs, when they saw you come up to the run club, like all of those kids yeah. loved you and had a lot of respect for you. So, um, you know, I imagine yeah. that you feel that responsibility for your community when it, like during a time like this yeah. and keep keeping in touch with everybody and all that. So, um, yes, I have, I have no doubt that you're doing a great job with that
2: Doing my best, um, you know, a lot of it just comes from, um, luckily my wife um, is essential, you know, me being a self-employed uh, person, you know, my adjustments equaled my income at the end of the day so when I was in a pinch uh, I do have her to keep me and my family, you know our backbone secure, so I'm very grateful for my wife in that way for just uh, being uh, One, having enough foresight to put herself into a good position in life. Yeah. Um, But also just in this particular moment, it's extremely important. She works for the state. And, you know, granted, there may or may not come a point where furloughs come into play. But it's given us a lot of security through this time. Uh, So for the times when I had to take a dip in income in order for me to restylize what I was doing, it's helped a lot. It's really helped a lot. And um, so we're feeling pretty solid over here. It's not... um, It's not the worst thing in life, you know, as as bad as it is for all of America and all of the world right now, like, um, I'm not over here dying. I try to not get too dramatic within my own feelings um, about the state of things, because the reality in my world is that as much as this changed, we're still alive. We're well, we're affected, but uninfected. So, you know,
0: we have to continue on with the spirit of gratitude.
1: Right. Love it!
0: I feel like we could stop the interview right there.
1: <laughs>
0: that pretty much says it all, man.
1: <laughs> He's all love right there. I know,
0: but we're gonna, we're gonna keep going though. We're gonna. I'm sure there's more good stuff coming. So,
1: thank you. I just we we're we just trying we're, we're, yeah, yeah, we're getting into the habit of asking our guests how they're doing before we move because this is the first pandemic I've ever been in. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. it's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. First, crazy. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Me too, me too. It's crazy. This the last one. the last one. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so I have three warm-up questions for you. Uh, question number one, um, you can kind of pick your answer, but um, if you could be a superhero, who would you be? Or if you could have a superpower, what would that superpower be? <clears throat> Or if you can make up your own type of superpower.
2: Good question. Um, one, I, I think,
1: um, sorry.
2: I think what's, what's most important to me, I think what's most important to me is um, the ability to empower um, I don't want to sound too corny, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, in my real life, like, separate from my superhero persona, in my real life, like, my strongest trait is to be able to make other people feel strong, not to just be strong myself. So, perhaps I would be able to, like, spread my strength and my powers to other people. Like, maybe I could make an army that way. You know, if I go and touch all 50 of my guys, then we're all, like, 50 of me's, and then you're in trouble now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Superhero world, you know. But um, my point being is, like, if I would associate any superpower with, like, my actual self, like, I think it's just my ability to make other people change how they see themselves. Like, that's important to me. As much as I work on my own body, work on my own strength, I think the power of a coach is the power to change a person's perspective. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. that's, that's good. awesome I like
2: that i like that a lot
1: that's maybe, awesome. maybe some
2: mind control in there maybe some mind control in there a little mind control I sprinkle. there you go it's just <laughs> a little bit of that you yeah. want to sprinkle a mind control <laughs>
1: yeah
2: like positive mind control i won't like make yeah. you, know, you jump off a bridge but maybe i make you yeah. look
1: yeah there you go
0: yeah <laughs> a, a couple more reps right
1: yeah
0: that's <laughs> <Or> it, that's, <laughs> it. That's, <laughs> it. Be, that's all there you go i like it
2: that's,
1: that's awesome. awesome okay well um Speaking of, I guess, mind control, if you had, and this is going to become a signature question that I've been asking Josh. I like this question. If you can have a secret talent, what would it be? Like something that you wish you were good at, but you're, you're kind of not, or you don't think you are? Like, for example, my oh, secret that's talent. easy. Okay, go ahead.
2: That's easy. I wish I could sing. Like I I love singing. I love music, but I can't sing, okay? It's not terrible, (laughs) terrible. I'm not like a two, but I'm a strong four out of ten, and it sucks because (laughs) in my heart, the music's there, but out of my mouth, it's not quite music all the time. It's (laughs) something kind of like music. I wish I could sing, sing. Like, if I could really sing, like, in a, in an honest and pure, like organic way, that would make me very happy.
1: Thanks. Nice. You know, it's funny that that is everyone's, almost everyone's answer when I ask them that. And it's truly my answer too. I think I can sing good. So I think in my head, I can not sing good. And I think that's all that matters. Right. Is what we perceive. Right. At least
2: right. Right. That makes, that makes Unless sense. you run into me with my mind control, I'll change your perception.
1: <laughs> there <laughs> you go. <laughs>
2: That's funny. That but yeah, makes- no, I, I, I wouldn't mind being able to sing that. Um, like I used to sing. I, I've always been able to sing okay. But once my voice changed, I never really learned how to like tame it. And uh, yeah, I just ain't good no more. And
0: uh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Deb, yeah, I, I forgot to mention this to you before we started, but Isaac, and are you are you still rapping? oh i I stopped rapping too oh now i was good at rapping i was very good you were you were um
2: but coaching is so like i'm so inspired and i'm so serious about what i'm doing that i let it go but um that was hard i i I was good at rapping i couldn't
0: no i i i've heard i've heard some a couple of tracks man and so i imagine um yeah singing would be nice you could just kind of handle everything yourself do, yeah. your own, do your own, do Yeah, I would, yeah,
2: yeah I, I would have fit in with these kids. I can't <laughs> sing too. That's, that's <laughs> these nice. kids rap and sing. They got me, oh, it's over for me.
1: <laughs> and they that's dance like, too. You just and play. they dance. Yeah,
2: they're doing all the TikTok dances. Their pants mm-hmm. dance are tight. I'm just,
0: man, I don't fit in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, man. Well, hey, I'm excited. I, hear I grew this up this with next all question. like
2: hard, aggressive guys and stuff. I'm too yeah. aggressive and
0: everything. It's
1: that's awesome.
0: <laughs> it, the game's changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the game has changed. Yeah. Pass well, bet, the torch. That's right. I'm excited to hear this next question because Deb asks this question all the time. But you being a, an actual musician, I'm really here this I think this could be really difficult or really easy for you. So I'm interested.
1: So I always ask every guest and I never word it the same way, but I'm just gonna call it a life song now. If you could pick a song that is like, yes, that's me, that's my life, or at least that's the season that I'm in
2: what would be your life song level up by rex life raj okay um the song is about for the most part just getting in touch with yourself and working on your level up consistently if i'm doing anything in life i'm working on leveling up in life um leveling up in life doesn't mean like money it doesn't mean like um status level leveling up in life means like working on self self self-care uh leading to better performance um and then like that equates to you know the outcome being like you get better situations performance manifestations etc uh so i'm like leveling up i'm really big on and then i'm like an 80s baby so like in all my video games all i want to do is level up i just want to level up leveling up is great (laughs) mushrooms all that stuff right (laughs) not like shrooms though sorry like mushrooms from mario (laughs) sorry i keep it pg now yeah Yeah, no um i I definitely um i enjoyed that song I, i enjoy him as an artist because the majority of his music is self reflective. Hmm. It's um, organic, it's honest. And that's the space that I'm in. I don't have a lot of space in my mind for music that carries a facade or has a, uh, a message that doesn't, that, that isn't positive and not necessarily positive like um, like roses, but like positive and like pushing motivation forward because I like Nipsey Hussle, but Nipsey Hussle is not like completely positive. You know, he is saying and bringing some imagery that's not, deemed as fully positive, but the underlying message is motivation and uh, continuous effort and like uh, pushing through the struggle and diversity and, uh, excuse me, adversity. Um, but just having that mindset and that heart to, to keep going. You know what I mean? So yeah, but off of Nipsey Hustle, Rex Life Raj is the guy that, yeah, I got a 30 play piece playlist for you that just is all a bunch of moods that all equate mm-hmm. to the same thing. Take care of yourself and level up, basically
1: nice awesome Very cool. Cool. yeah well you survived the
0: warm-up question Survive, man hold on next
1: level
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so hey we like to start off all of our guests with just we want to let you explain your athletic and your coaching background kind of where did you start and then how did you get to the place you're at right now
2: yeah that my my story is interesting um So for me, like I like to mention all the time, I was athletic, but I wasn't um, an athlete until I was about 28, maybe 30. And um, when I really started becoming like focused in that way, like trying to find out what the limits of my body was, uh, my son was about six at that time. So that kind of started our journey, his journey. And I have to mention him because without him, it wouldn't be any of what it is today. Um, because the majority of it also has to do with me trying to be a good dad. So I digress, um, 28, 30, uh, between that age, I started lifting weights really hard. Um, I started to get bigger. I started to get some results. I started to work on nutrition. I wasn't very informed, but I was reading muscle magazines every day and doing all the bro stuff and lifting more weights and hurting my shoulders and all the things that, you know, bros do when they are uninformed, but want to be tough. And, uh, you know, I was tough as nails until I got hurt. And, uh, you know, but in that process also I was taking care of my son at times when I was working out. So that became me having to organize him, keeping him involved and making him work out while I was working out. So he wouldn't crush his fingers and weights and et cetera. And so began his story. Um, from there, you know, uh, my interest in working out became kind of an obsession. Um, so with me having my ties to the music industry, and everybody in the music industry seeing the changes in me physically, that's where the whole idea of a trainer came from. Like everybody's like, you should train people. And I was just like, you know, you should train people. You should train people. And it was like enough times, you know, I'm buying equipment from my home gym because I want to work out. And people said it to me enough times. It was like, well, fine, I'm training you. Give me some money then. If you want to keep working out, <laughs> give me some money. <laughs> um, but that, that like planted the seed yeah. from that, you know, me being myself, like I'm, I'm really big on standard and respect. I couldn't call myself a trainer without educating myself. I'm not college educated, but what I did was educate myself through getting college materials through my other friends, uh, utilizing the internet um, and every other resource that I can find to make myself informed enough to get certified with NASM. Um, in that time period, I also was not only learning on the job, I also was performing the duties of learning to be a boxing coach because I was teaching my son to box. And I was actually learning to box myself. I taught myself to box also. Um, and that started with P90X, honestly. I was doing P90X. And oh, really? And have this motion where you twist your feet, you know, and you do your hands. And I looked at my friend, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I started punching him, and then that turned into let's get some mitts and then that turned into me being my obsessive self. Um, you know, it it just turned into ten years basically of like focus wow. and um, wow. and passion. So by the time that I met you in two thousand five, uh, excuse me, not five, it was fifteen. Uh, fifteen, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm old. It's I'm it's good. Starting to blur. <laughs> in fifteen, I had already yeah. been like. Probably working in my home gym for like the last four to five years, and uh not like servicing people, but like working myself and then starting to service people um, and Once I got certified and um, I continue with my knowledge, like the application of it started to become apparent so one, <clears throat> I took my son to be coached by someone else, and he was too fast for the coach, not fast like physically but like mentally. the coach couldn't catch up to where he was as an athlete. So I stopped letting other people coach him. And I continued to coach him because I knew him and I respected him. Um, And then the same thing for training. I started to get involved with more professionals and talk the talk and speak the language. And I started to realize that my research, my, my, my effort was paying dividends because I was having a level of understanding. Mm-hmm. then that became like, well, now you need to understand the body, like anatomy. So I've been going deep for a long time. Um, and it's starting to culminate in the way of my relationships, because now it's very much show and prove, you know, when I have people showing up to my brick and mortar and they ask for things from me. Um, I do have past results, but at the end of the day, I have to utilize my knowledge base to consistently, um, create a, an environment that makes results, you know, um, without hurting people and et cetera, you know? So it took a lot of knowledge seeking on my part to understand the connections between food and performance, to understand the, um, the cycle of injury, to understand uh, the process of strength gaining versus weight management versus performance versus... It took a, a, a lot of, like, hours of just self... Obsession, you know. At the end of the day, and um, so it's interesting where I find myself because I have a boxer that I do strength and conditioning work for, named Xavier Martinez. He was signed to Floyd Mayweather in 2016. He's a TMT fighter. He's wow. fifteen and zero with eleven knockouts. And um, when I met him, I'm recognizing now that the things that I've studied are the things that they need. So I'm about to get into what I found to be my new niche. Um, in the boxing community, it's a very old uh, school of mind set. So a lot of people aren't utilizing a lot of the more scientific methods of like helping the body reach its potential. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit more concerned with glucose. I'm a little bit more concerned with oxygen, um, you know, usage. I'm a little bit more concerned with, um, you know, learning how to utilize the proper set of muscles in the proper way Uh, I'm trying to utilize the science to upgrade the boxing training to deliver better athletes for these coaches to train if you understand they don't stretch they don't understand flexibility they dehydrate and um, you know starve themselves to do weight management Hmm. there's no sense of like nutrition or understanding of the human body and anatomy they're not using that to their advantage to make themselves better athletes so In comes me and my little obsessive self with me understanding those connections from food to performance, uh, from training style to the specific way that our body will adapt uh, to, you know, work on our performance is giving me an opportunity to like really change their lives. So this guy's 14 and 0, been to Vegas many times, signed by Floyd Mayweather. He has never eaten the day before weigh in he has never come to Vegas to fight without being completely dehydrated and probably 40% of himself. So within the course of us having a camp, me teaching him how to eat, I got him in contact with a nutritionist. I got him sponsored by a meal prep company. We feed him five times a day. I put him through workouts. He worked out with his coach. He sparred. He did all the things he normally does. Not only did he come in, Two pounds under on weight easily. He was able to eat and drink the day before, which is like foreign to him. He's actually extremely scared to do so. He thought he was going to blow his weight. Um, and then everyone in Vegas can like physically see the difference. Like his lips weren't white, his cheeks weren't white, he wasn't drawn. He was in a very, very good condition. And those are those evidences that let me know that the processes and the understandings that I've equated as being um, useful and at least are realm, it's working on a major level. He got a twenty one second knockout in the fight. Um and on top of that, you know, dealing with his promotional company, like he's got like a huge boost as far as like where he's headed as an athlete now. So that's like one of the first moves that all of this last ten years culminating has like given me an opportunity to put myself in a different position. Um, but yeah, it all really started from like me just being passionate about trying to change myself and then also just having that spirit in myself. Like I'm just competitive. I wanted to beat my friend up. I wanted to box and <laughs> it turned into like, I, I just had to learn every inch of it and that's why I'm able to teach it is because I, I didn't just perform it. I learned the principles and I, I, I searched for the understandings.
1: Mm-hmm. I really commend wow. you for, for just like kind of reaching out to the knowledge part of training and just understanding the body and how it works and how the different macronutrients, like how that affects your body and all the systems. Big deal. Yeah. So that is just, I, I applaud you for that just because that's not easy. Because like, how do you know where to start? But you, you did, you figured it out. You started yes. something, right?
2: Yes. And You know, ultimately, um, it, just to touch on that, it really just boils down to like treating yourself like an athlete. Um, and there's a different mindset for somebody that's coming to me to lose weight. There's a different mindset for somebody that's coming to me to bulk up and get strong. There's a different mindset for somebody that needs to cut their time down or improve their, um, you know, power ratio or et cetera. Um, so it all just boils down to like, first things first, you can't cookie cutter fitness. You're not going to be a faster athlete by coming and lifting weights with a bodybuilding coach. You're not going to be a huge bodybuilder if you're working out with a sprint coach and and understanding how those principles kind of uh, have their own lanes and understanding that the body adapts specifically, I think is, is wildly important. So when you're working an athlete and you're asking something from them, you're asking for an adaptation from the body. Well, you need to understand how to make that happen. So I think that the knowledge portion is like, there's a lot of people that are in the game, the fitness game on different levels, especially boxing that just have the reputation from their neighborhood or the certification from someone else that says, Hey, I'm that guy. And they don't care about the knowledge. So not everybody's focused on the connections that the actual tool that they're trying to use has to the actual job they're trying to do. And to me, you know, in my mind, that just doesn't make sense. You have to address the knowledge base. If you're asking for performance from the body, I mean, you have to get the body at its best uh, position to be able to perform.
1: Right. Well, and obviously, your knowledge spoke for itself with the story you just know oh, you
2: guys' faces are all still. Uh, no. Are we back? Can you hear us? Yes. Uh, I was like, no, you guys' faces are all still. I don't know if you're <laughs> <No>. listening. <laughs> we
1: We heard, you. We heard, we heard you. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, anyway, that's. You know, good job with. I mean, I, I like. I, I was just saying that the evidence speak the science. Uh-oh. Oh, he's, are we frozen again?
0: Are we frozen again? I can hear good? you guys. Okay, I oh, can okay. hear you.
1: Okay, 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 we okay. I can't
0: see you guys right now, but I hear you. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And you're back. Oh, good. oh. <laughs>
1: man, man,
0: Zoom, Zoom is against us today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's still be <laughs> That's,
0: that's right. so we, keep, we keep pushing forward.
1: Right. And there's so many people that log on Zoom every day. Zoom,
0: I'm sure. Oh, it's, it sure it's crazy. Zoom Correct. is booming. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, yeah. But um, anyway, I was just saying, like, the, science, the scientific evidence speaks for itself. Obviously, yeah. you know, it, it showed in your story of how he was able to eat, and he, he even dropped, you know, a couple pounds, and he got a 21-second knockout. Like, you can't yeah. – that's not a one-size-fits-all thing. You can't cookie-cutter that.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. The typical methods were completely thrown out. He's used to coming in and sitting in a sauna uh, for a long period of time to drain himself of water weight. He's used to coming into the gym, hitting the bag, um, the heavy bag, uh, doing jumping rope for 30 to 45 minutes, even and checking his weight, putting on a sauna suit and going back and jumping rope again for 45 minutes again if he has to to try to drop those final pounds and/or ounces. So for him to come into Vegas, be able to eat, drink, and have to do none of those uh, tasks. It was was a game changer for him, you know, and it showed in his performance. He was comfortable, he was happy, and uh, he had his best performance to date. And, um, you know, if he would have knocked him out in 21 seconds uh, anyway, without my help, it doesn't matter because he did a camp with me first. So <laughs> 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 who knows to me. That's right. <laughs> so it, it, it was a great opportune time, you know, is really my point in saying that, like, um, I, don't, I don't know if that's luck or if that's skill at this point. I still am at a position in my career where I need to repeat my, um, my results. Uh, but with that being said, like, that's a strong showing outside of the fact that I was regularly able to manage my son's weight um, with him being a small growing boy at that, I was able to keep him pretty pinpoint while we were doing tournament work and stuff like that. That's really where I learned the science from. I was able to apply it, you know, on a fighter because I had already guinea picked my son. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, something that you've, uh, you've said a couple of times that's just really stuck out to me is that obsessive nature that you have just naturally yes and that obsession caused you to learn about the fitness it caused you to learn boxing it caused you to learn all of these different things and uh i think it's cool because it's to me it it seems like it's something that you channel and funnel into your athletes like that obsession that you have for learning all of this it's not just to benefit you or you know uh make you better but you're taking that same obsessive passion and trying to learn that stuff so you can better your athletes which i think is a cool thing and i think it's a Kind of like a um, a sign of a good coach, I think.
2: I, I do my best in honesty to instill obsessiveness. Yeah, it's a mandatory mindset for con- well continued success. You can you can be successful um, without being obsessive. Anybody can get lucky. Anybody can win. But if you want to have a dynasty mindset, if you want to be a, a dominant player, if you want to consistently win, you have to be obsessive because. Obsession keeps you aware. Obsession allows you to adapt and change as things happen in the moment. You have to always be looking to notice. Um, You know, it's really as simple as that. Being in the game constantly allows you to constantly affect the game in your advantage. And yeah, things go out of your advantage at times. Things are out of your control, but it's the more obsessive people who have their hands on it more, who have their eyes on it more and their heart in it more that are going to be able to make the changes versus the people that come and go from it. And I believe that, especially when it comes to being a fighter, you know, the fighter that's not sharp gets hurt. You know, there's no there's no two ways of going about that. So it's a very black and white world. It's not like losing a basketball game. It's not like losing a soccer game. It, it really hurts your heart when you lose. But in a boxing world, you know, when you don't have that obsessive nature, when you don't put in the effort and the work and it shows up on fight night, you end up with, you know, possibly even life ending injuries, you know. So I don't mean to get too dark or macabre, but that's the reality of the world uh, that I live in. So when I think of that nature, when I think of that in that nature, like the obsessiveness obsessiveness is a also a survival thing. Like you can't slip, you know, it's always something out there waiting to catch you. Um, last year, my son had a traumatic brain injury and in sparring. Um, and it wasn't even like terrible sparring, but that's the point that, and at all times, you know, like, there's always something around the corner looking to derail you and that obsessive nature will, uh, will not only help you, you know, bounce back from those things, but, um, you know, if you're lucky, you can avoid those things. Um, But more than anything, like, it's more of a probability that something of that nature is going to happen to you in boxing without being on top of your game. You know, there's nothing worse than a lazy boxer. As a coach, you know, that raises my alarm because it's almost as if I have to hold your hand and usher you in to get um, a possible, you know, life-changing experience. And, um, yeah, it gets pretty serious, in honesty. It gets pretty pretty serious.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, like you said, I mean, it's just a different – combat sports are just different. And if you're, like you said, if you're only halfway in it, then you might as well be all the way out of it because you I mean, have like, to get out. That's basically the whole, that's like the whole plot of Rocky, Rocky three, right? Yes, sir. He comes in and he has the, the fame and the, you know, accolades, the money and all that. And you're going up against a guy who's all he has is fighting. He hasn't made that's the money it. yet. And so that's he's it. an absolute killer and he has nothing to lose where, you know, the other person's kind of like, okay, oh, I have business deals over here. I got yes. you know, a commercial to shoot over here um yeah i can't imagine but i think it's a good principle for anything not just boxing i think it applies yes. a lot to combat sports because like you said there's that physical danger to it but it's yes. I mean, really anything if you're if you're not fully in it then you know why do it at all
2: and there's dangers of all sorts uh that's one is a little bit more like um direct and tangible in certain ways but like yeah economic danger uh, right. not being obsessive enough about your financial business um or financial game, quote unquote. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of ways to lose with not being obsessive. Um, Having a non-obsessive behavior uh, leads for too many opportunities for people to uh, get ahead of you while you're slacking. And Mm. um, that's just one thing I just, you know, I really hate to, I got to be honest, I am not the best in team sports, because... (laughs) I don't have a problem with effort. I don't have a problem with working hard and earning what it is that I get. So when I look at someone else and I see less than that effort, if I see less than that from my teammate, I have a hard time with that. Um, I could be a hard teammate in that way because that's what success dictates. I didn't make up that rule. Like that's what success taught me. I didn't teach that to success. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty demanding in that way as a coach. And it's the same way, um, with my fitness people, you know, because I have people that are in a whole different lifestyle. They're not combat sports people. Some people just want to, um, make their butt bigger and their stomach smaller. Some people want to just get buffed up, uh, whatever it might, it might come from a place of vanity, uh, a place of uh, strength and performance, whatever the case might be, they have a different mindset, but obsession is still the point. Um, People come to the gym and have a great focus in an hour in the gym and then lose their obsession when they leave and eat whatever they want or become lazy after the gym and wonder why they don't get their results completely. Well, you're not being obsessive enough about the end result to do everything that success dictates, which is why obsession is necessary. You can't claim to want to have a firm fit body and then only be focused on that in the times that you have to, not recognizing that the rest of the duty of having a firm foot body comes in those hours that you're not doing something that you have to do. Well, having an obsessive mindset means that since I'm up 16 hours a day, I'm going to make sure that I have some type of consideration to that goal throughout that 16 hours, meaning I'm going to time my food and my workout and my sleep patterns around achieving that goal. Or you can either delay that goal or deny yourself that goal entirely. So without having an obsessive mindset, you're putting yourself in a position of getting frustrated and quitting. You know, so one of my first um, orders of business, if you're going to work out with me, I make my clients work out as a beginner four days a week. Why? Because you start out working out more often than you don't. So that's already an adaptation for your body in the right direction you're already living in a more of a working state. Um, From there, my demands go up from there, but they're not necessarily demands. They're more like understandings between adults and or children and their adult guardians of us recognizing the steps that it takes to have success and being willing to go through those steps and have that nature, um, have that thought process, that connection between us to keep that thought process and motivation going so that we can ensure our results. So then we get photo after photo of waistlines that go in and athletes doing better in their jobs, etc. Well, none of that comes without staying on the goal and keeping that obsession alive. Wow. That's
0: good. That,
1: I, never, I never thought of the word, like the word obsessed or obsessive and applied it the way you just did. Mm-hmm. It gives me a whole new meaning. Because when I think of the word obsess, I think, eh, okay, calm down. But, like, this, no, yeah. like, this, I, and, like, I'm an athlete or ex-athlete or, you know, whatever. I haven't played an organized sport since <laughs> I was 20. i soccer, which I talk about a lot, but I haven't lately I can't play soccer right now. Yeah, right. Um, I, I never thought of that you do have to have an obsessive mindset. It makes total sense now, the way you put it. Yes. I don't know yeah. that anyone has ever um. heard at least to me, explained it that way. So that was good. Yeah.
2: You don't want to have a destructive mindset. You know, there's a difference between obsessing over something and right. um, harming yourself uh, yeah. through your thought patterns about something. Uh, yeah. To obsess over something doesn't, in my mind, always mean to uh, concentrate and focus on the negative. Um, you know, obsession can... I'm obsessed with my kids. You know, it made me a better father. Like, I'm, I'm not the type of guy that like, hey, how's it going? Good to see you in the morning. You had breakfast. Now I got to live my life and then I'm back to being your dad. Like, no, I'm your dad all day. Even when I'm living my life, if I get a phone call or a text or I might even send a phone call or a text, you know, I'm constantly a dad at all times, as well as a coach, as well as a husband and et cetera. And I think it's important to keep that obsession on those things. We call love, you know, that's one of our strongest obsessions, love. Like when you're that focused on a person and you want to, observe and 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 accommodate and love another person it's the same thing it's an obsession now with that being said there is a negative connotation to obsession that can be applied i think that has to do more with the obsession being attached to a negative mindset or a negative action and or a negative thought you know as long as it's not something that's destructive or takes away i think it's important to obsess um skincare. You should, you know, take care of your skin every day. You shouldn't like do it. Sometimes you should be obsessed about it. So I think obsession is a, is a big deal. I think it's just a word that, you know, can come with many labels. We could probably substitute the word obsession with um, persistence. We could probably substitute the word with, um, you know, eagerness. I mean, we, we could probably find other words to, to stick in that slot. But at the end of the day, we're talking about like, a driving desire, uh, a passion, a need a necessity that's equated to that thought that we're trying to materialize. And that's like, for me, you know, when you come to a trainer, I want to be a Coke bottle, basically. Cool. Put the Coke bottle right here in your head. Like you live with that Coke bottle. Don't let anybody take it from you. But if you're not focused on that Coke bottle, when you're going to the plate, when you're about to go to bed, When you're coming to the gym, if the Coke bottle's not in your head, then your actions won't add up. You'll go to the plate and you'll do whatever you think about doing for the moment. And then you'll go back to the Coke bottle and you'll be mad at yourself because your actions didn't reflect your Coke bottle thought. They reflected the thought of whatever pleasure that you satiated and or whatever your other thought was. So with that being said, the obsession is necessary because if we're going to make one thing, we can't unmake it at the same time. So understanding that means we have to be focused. And um, it's really helped me out with getting people uh, strong levels of results. And it's helped me out in the way of being more consistent as a trainer, uh, because it's I I don't want to say force, but it's kind of like influenced my client base to also adapt uh, into that obsessiveness. And it just, you know, it turns me it turns from me keeping them accountable into them challenging me to continue to help them evolve. And I feel like that's a great place to be as a coach when your student is coming back to you for more work. That means that one, you may have even gotten them further than you may have imagined to begin with. Um, and then obviously that's a good sign that the work works.
0: Yeah. I like that. I you said a lot of good things there, but I'm trying yeah. to pick, I'm trying to just pick one. What you just, <laughs> what, what you just said was I think really good because yeah, if you can get them to the point where – because if you're, if you're keeping them accountable the whole time, like all of your time and all your energy is, is put into that, right? And so it's, you're just trying to get them to stay on track. But if they're staying on track themselves, then you, that's when like the real results can come in, right? Because yes. now, you're, now you're pushing them further. Like they're pushing themselves, but you can give them maybe that, that piece of advice or that little bit of motivation that can take them to, as you said earlier, the next level or leveling up. So yeah. um, I think that's really good. And and I just want to, you know, agree with Deb about what you said about obsession. I think looking at it that way, it's probably just like there's healthy obsession versus unhealthy yeah. obsession, right? Like if your obsession yeah. begins to take a negative, uh, have ne- negative impact on the people around you, on yourself, then it's probably in that unhealthy space. But if it's yeah. pushing you to the next level or pushing you to be great, then it's hard to, it's hard to argue with that, I think.
2: Yeah. yeah and, you know, there's um, there's not a perfect world. So. Yeah. You know, a lot of that has to do with your moral compass, um, the your integrity, and then your, your goal as overall. Some people think it's fine to sacrifice time from their family to chase their dreams. Some people don't think that's okay at all. Um, at the end of the day, whatever your pursuit of success looks like, um, as long as it makes sense for the people that you love and that you take care of, and, you know, even the people in your community, if you're being responsible in that way. Um, then obsession, you know, is, is for the most part healthy. But I think, yeah, like you said, the unhealthy portion comes down to like, you know, not having the respect of me chasing my obsession and the fallout from that, you know, the hours spent studying, the hours spent in the gym are also hours that could have been spent holding hands, making cakes and explaining someone, something to someone else. So, um, you know, there is a, a, a judgment on everybody's part to figure out what obsession looks like for them, uh, how far obsession goes for them and then how important success is to them. Um, I think we as humans have a tendency to attach a dollar sign to it. Unfortunately, Hmm. if I were at task to make $5 million, I might sacrifice quite a bit uh, in aversion to just changing three people's lives. Um, So that's unfortunate, but, truthful if i were to just not try to speak idealistically so yeah i think it's important to know that you know the judgment of what's obsessive is also important you do have to cut um your desire and your want for things with integrity and morals and you know i think that compass um is different for everybody i try not to judge but um you know i think that she should do a good job of uh taking care of self but also taking care of the rest of the people around you
1: yeah, yeah. And- <clears throat> You explain that well because I was just about to ask, how do you balance the you know, with the obsessiveness of, you know, your goals and your home life or whatever else, you know, your job, whatever else you have going on?
2: For me, it's alignment. Um luckily, um, I don't have to have a day job necessarily anymore. I train full time and I work with boxers full time, but that has everything to do with me being my wife being in alignment with my goals. So there's not a conflict of interest of me putting the time in because she's also invested in me putting the time in when it comes to the children, because I'm self-employed, I can kind of choose and select my time. And my moral compass says that I can't be non-present, um, especially like on a large you know, level. And then like also like in the crucial moments of the day when they're most active. So, um, I usually don't work between 11 and three. Um, At three, I choose, you know, clients and I work alongside my son um, in order to make sure one, he's able to do homework, get dinner. And then like my daughters have, um, you know, activities that they do. One of my daughters is a makeup artist and my other one is a dancer. So my wife is usually, you know, coordinating with them. So it's kind of like, it all culminates to us having a small busy time and then coming home as a family and eating and finishing the evening. So the timing and everything just kind of works now. It took a while to massage it into that way. And I had to stand on my principle about not working in certain hours uh, in order to be available to, you know, service the household also. And then even to get a moment to do the admin type things that being in the gym, you know, uh, keeps me from doing, but the 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 balance comes from knowing what my priorities are, and then seeking the demographic that works for the people that are willing to work when I'm willing to work, and just understanding that that's what's for me, and not succumbing to greed and sacrificing more to have more, um, and that led to me getting what I needed over time. Um, I just didn't get it right away.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. Gotcha.
0: That's good. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in this next, this next question we have for you, cause you've mentioned moral compass a couple of times. Obviously this is the character combine podcast with character in the name. Um, what is character to you? And then why is it so important for athletes, coaches, and just people in general? Um, I,
2: I am a very big legacy guy. My brother is in jail. He's been in jail for a long time. He doesn't have any kids. Hmm. I'm the only Coles left besides my son. Hmm. So at the root of me as a person, and it's very important that my name be carried on in a respectful manner and that it doesn't die with me and my son, hopefully. So the work that I did on my son was work that I did on a human, but also work that I did on the name and the legacy that I have um, as a man, you know, we are the Kohl's. Um, as a coach and a leader that also stems off to like me having respect for the name of my company and my brand and wanting to have people that stood behind that with the same kind of pride. So character comes into play because, you know, consistency, um, honesty, being organic, those are all requirements for me. I don't make relationships extremely easily. Um, I don't take all the business that comes to me. Um, I'm very serious about having, you know, very honest conversations before we do work. Um, because the business is not about the money for me. It's about the change, it's about the um, it's about the integrity, it's about the character because in honesty, on um, it, it, it works hand in hand. I'm worth money because I have character. I'm I'm excelling in my business because of my integrity, because of my ability to say what it is that I'm going to do and then actually do it without making excuses. Um, My, also me having that integrity to understand, like if I wanted to stand into a role, being a coach, being a trainer, that I would need to, um, I would need to fulfill that role in the way that I would want someone to fulfill it for me. I wasn't going to be an uninformed coach. I wasn't going to be an uninformed trainer uh, leading people into injury um taking people 's money, trying my best to earn more money all the while by not getting people the results that they 're looking for, all of those things were important to me for success. You know, like after people hear and see what I do, what drives me the most is that they have a positive outlook on that you know i 'm a particular type of person. I have a lion tattooed on my chest, and i 'm not a leo I, My life metaphor is i 'm a lion myself and if you understand the life of a lion as majestic and as beautiful as I am to look at I'm full of danger and I'm not everybody's friend and I'm not for everyone I am aggressive and I am all of those things that make people scared sometimes no matter what's in my heart or no matter what I may choose to present but what I do do is stand in strength transparency and um you know, that's just my mindset, you know, so character is everything for me because if you're going to stand next to me in strength, then you also have to be transparent. So for boxers and performance, our truth comes out in the fight. If you haven't been running, if you haven't been training hard, if you haven't been doing what you're going to get beat up and you're not being honest, it's going to go bad. It's not okay. If you're not being honest when you're my fitness client and you're eating bad things at night and working out so hard and we're running miles and we're not getting what we want. It doesn't work. Uh, dishonesty, um, you know, uh, lack of moral integrity character. It doesn't work in my world to get the results that we're after. So not only is it a good business move on my part to be aware of my character that it's being taken in, but ultimately line heart system aside, fitness and everything aside, I'm very well aware that my son's watching me. I'm very well aware that everything that I do, I'm living my life through the eyes of my son. That was the choice that I made because I didn't like the choices that my father made, and I judged him for it. And I know that I'll have a day in my life if I'm not already there while I will be judged for my actions, too. I just chose to get the pen in my hand and write my own story. If you're going to judge me, then judge this, baby. I'm going to stay with your mom. I'm going to take care of business every day. I'm going to be your dad all the time. I'm going to love you. And I'm not going to disrespect you. And I'm going to build you up in the best possible way. Because if I were to write my father's story, it wouldn't go that way. And I know what that did to me. And that's why I'm a good coach. Because I understand what it takes to help somebody get built up. Because I know what I lacked in building myself up. I know why I had to build myself, why I had to self-educate myself, why I had to get here myself. And I know that's why I have to teach obsessiveness because you can't have someone like me help you day in and day out and then do it too. You won't. You have to have someone like me to teach you that you have to be obsessive too, or else it's not going to happen for you either.
1: Good. I feel like you need to have a book called Obsessed and you need to write everything down that you just told us. and yeah, like, a, like
0: a lion on the cover, too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Working on a book. Working on a book. Thank oh, you. Oh, really? I oh,
1: am. Are. I am. Hey. I am. Uh,
2: my, my book is going to be called You Are Allowed to Grow. And it's okay, just nice. based on having a growth mindset and just understanding that you know, despite where you come from or what you know, you're allowed to grow. And it has a lot to do with the obsessive nature. It has a lot to do with our conversation about character, because you have to know what it takes to grow. Just because you're allowed to do something doesn't mean you can, you know, you have to understand what you're trying to do. And that's just the bottom line. <laughs> but you, too, are allowed to grow as long as you're willing to do what you have to, to grow. And, you know, staying positive in that, keeping that energy alive every day is also an obsession. I'm not positive and bubbly and happy every day because I wake up and I allow myself to be a victim of what might just happen randomly, whether I wake up with a bad back or I didn't have enough food to eat. There's a process of getting your mind right, fixing your face and approaching the day. And you need to understand that about yourself so that you can also be obsessive about showing up. So
1: it's all in the same category. Well, good. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited to know that you are writing a book. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, good call, yes. Deb. And <laughs> yes. thank you for that. You could yeah. just sense it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited when that comes out for sure. Um, for so, man, we appreciate your time. We don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do have to ask this question before we get out of here. Uh, yeah. Who is your favorite fighter, past and present? I, I have a pretty good idea uh, who one of them may be, but uh, I, 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 I want to hear from you.
2: Tough, 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 tough. Um, past, I'll start with that because that's a bit easier. I, I was a Mike Tyson fanatic. Yeah, did you see that video in of past, him recently? I have seen him recently.
0: And oh, you my know, gosh. I can't
2: wait. I can't wait. My goodness, that was amazing to me for him to get in that shape at that age um also within the time period i think it's been since september that uh they yeah. had a picture of him with a little pot belly. um that just excites every part of me um <laughs> but yeah i watched a lot of tyson as a kid um and that would be the first fighter that i cried about losing mm. I, I i cried when buster douglas beat him up it, i was sure. a bit young it hurt me bad
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> um yeah. now present day um you know my answer probably would have been mayweather uh, so I was, that's what I was before, guessing before he retired. Um, but now that he is retired, he's no longer present and he's that's not true. over Tyson for me. Uh, so I would say for present, I would say actually Errol Spence jr is my okay. absolute favorite fighter right now. Nice. Pretty upset about his whole DUI flipping the Lamborghini crash thing. Yeah. Not a good idea on his part, but, um, yeah, when it comes to his performance in the ring and uh, just what he's been able to achieve and the potential that I see in him, um, I don't see anybody as, like, showing up quite as well. Um, but then I would have to slash that with a plug from my fighter, Xavier Martinez, because he's going to be the champion soon. There's nobody better than him.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: Errol Spence, man. He's, he's, uh, he's got all the qualities that I like to see in a fighter. Awesome. Cool, 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 cool.
0: Yeah, I know that... Uh... Uh, Tyson, I saw the video of Tyson hitting hitting mitts, and it was it was terrifying.
2: Yes, terrifying. yes. Just like it's supposed to be
0: with Tyson. Right. Exactly. So yeah, like oh, that's not that's yeah, not the guy. Not the guy. Puppies, the hangover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, um. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Well, I
1: have one. I have one last question. If we're gearing yeah. towards the end, um, uh, what I mean with this whole quarantine thing I mean there are athletes and I mean not only I mean team sports combative sports individual sports what have you pretty much everything's been put to a halt and athletes yes. can only do so much now yes. um, whether it's by themselves or I don't know however they're whatever they're doing to stay in shape and to you know keep their mind sharp but what yeah. If there's a nugget of advice that you have for them to like stay sane or mentally tough during this quarantine time. What would it be?
2: Well, we have to just recognize that this isn't forever. We've only been quarantined for about a month and a half. So we're very spoiled for acting so um, upset right now. Um, But beyond that, it's not forever. So we have to remain focused. I have fighters that, you know, they just don't want to eat right. and They don't want to stay in shape because I don't have a fight coming up. And then I have fighters that are like, you know, this is my time to get an edge on everyone else. So I think it's time to keep a competitive spirit and recognize that, yeah, um, because, you know, on our level, we were supposed to be in New York in April for a televised fight. No, no chance. Um, And then like, so our thought process is like, well, when can we get a televised fight? Because we don't fight untelevised. So when are we ever going to get another chance in an arena to fight? It's kind of a scary Mm -hmm. thing. I have professional fighters that are going to take fights in June with no crowd, um, you know, just Mm -hmm. making those adjustments. But with that being said, if you got a fight in June and it's May, if you hadn't been training the last few months, you probably wouldn't be ready. So the thing is, you don't know how things are going to turn out. There's no reason to assume the worst and we have to be what we've always been is staying in a state of being ready, not trying to get ready because the game's going to come back around. And when the game comes back around, we plan to be ahead, not behind.
0: Yeah. Love it. That's Perfect. good. We've, we've talked to a couple of trainers um, in the last couple of weeks and they've all said something very similar. It's like once this is all over, you're going to be able to very easily tell, tell which athletes stayed sharp and got sharper and who slacked off. And so I think, especially for a sport like you guys boxing. Uh, I don't think it's going to be, I think it's gonna be pretty apparent. You know, it's gonna even working. like
2: uh separate who gets paid first, you know. If you're not in yeah. shape or if you're not prepared to compete, then you're not gonna be the first televised fight once the <laughs> pandemic is over. You're gonna have to wait your turn. So it also is a b- good business move on the part of professional uh athletes yeah. at least to stay ready because once you get your time to get back in there and make money, well, you're gonna need to be prepared. For sure.
0: For sure. Yes. Um you know, before we get out of here, we'd like to give our guests the, the final say, the, the floor for this final final word. So any final thoughts for athlete, coaches, parents, just anybody?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, I would leave off with um, saying first thank you for you guys' time. Uh, Character Combine is something that I've been aware of and um, I've been following for the last four to five years. It's a great platform for uh, people to come together and share some perspective. Um, But I would also, you know, just encourage from my own perspective, uh, especially in this weird time that we're in, let's remember that we're leaders, that we are looked to, and that we have um, twice the work to do um, of our community. You know, first things first, we have to take care of ourselves. So let's not forget to get up and, you know, brush the teeth and change the clothes and do the things that make us feel human. And then let's not forget to remind our community to do something as simple as that before we start the workout. Because at the end of the day, us, You know, keeping ourselves in a space to be able to serve is most important. It's a good business thing, too, because the people that we take care of through this situation are going to be grateful. And uh, it's going to say a lot about your character and your integrity as a coach and a person. Uh, If you decided to, you know, shrivel up in this time and wallow in your own self-pity, well, people are going to feel a little, you know, slighted for you not being there for them when they may have needed that energy, that consistency that you provided. Um, through the gym, through, you know, your support, through the days on a regular day. So let's just remember to do twice the work. Let's remember to be um, our best sales first. And then let's present ourselves after our process of getting our mind right so that we don't hurt our community, that we can serve our community and we can make it through this pandemic. Because, you know, ultimately, as insane as it might seem, it's going to be just as insane next year or the year after when we are past it and we're living our real lives. And we talk about, do you remember in 2020 what happened? But what we don't want to say is, do you remember in 2020 when you fell off because the pandemic happened and you got all lazy and you (laughs) you couldn't hang anymore? No, we're not going to say that. Okay. So yeah, I would tell everybody stay sharp, stay fit. Staying sharp and fit is mentally, physically, and spiritually. Um, otherwise, you're not going to be able to compete after pandemic. Everybody's going to be hungry, and it's going to be time to eat. And uh, I plan to be, you know, out at the forefront getting my meat, bread, and potatoes. Hope there you go. are, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, where can everybody follow you, your uh, your training? I don't know if you have a training page or anything like that, but where can they follow they you do. on social media?
2: Uh, the best place to contact me is on Instagram. Uh, it is Coach Shallow, all one word. Coach Shallow, like not deep, but shallow, S-H-A-L-L-O-W. Um, I'm also on Inst—I mean, uh, Facebook. You can look me up as Isaac Coles. Um, I have a Lionheart System uh, page up on Instagram as well. It's private. But if you send me a friend request and you ask to come on in there, we share plenty of nutrition uh, secrets. We give a lot of workout secrets and just a lot of support as community. Um, Sorry, don't mean to lengthen things, but we said earlier that it's very important to help teach people. Well, after a while, they don't need to learn everything from you. What people that know what they're doing uh, continue to pay you for is a sense of community and belonging. So the Lionheart system, offers all of that for you if you need it. Um, yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. It's a really good time. And uh, I really appreciate the platform. Make sure you give me all that I need so I can promote uh, whatever it is that you're doing as well.
1: Thank
0: for you. For sure, man. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. And uh, this has been fun, man. I appreciate, you know, like we were talking about earlier, man, I appreciate everything that you're doing in your community with your athletes, um, with your family you. and, the, and the legacy that you're, you're leaving behind, man. Uh, We definitely appreciate the work you're doing and we appreciate your time. Deb, where can they follow us?
1: You guys can follow us on Twitter at Sports Character, Instagram at Character Combine, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and I think that's it.
0: That's it. Isaac, Uh, thank you so much and uh, good luck with everything. Thank Thank you. you. Take care, guys. Yes, sir.